Hare Krishna. So, my name is Sumitra Dasan. Please be back to me tonight. First time I've attended one of these retreats. Very honored to be sharing some of the time with His Holiness Ramakant Swami. His grace has been this room And um, so also, uh, <coughs> So it's interesting to be reminded, even in a room full of probably one of the highest percentages of PhDs and, and most educated people in the country, still you can have 10 minutes of PowerPoint problems. It <laughs> <laughs> just shows that the majority is practically impossible to defeat. <laughs> so far, by Christian's grace, we can uh, make some progress here. So, the topic is uh, really looking at Guru Tattva. The whole weekend is Guru Tattva. This is kind of a, picking up a little bit of what we've been super speaking about this morning about how Krishna is absolute yet relative, the Guru is absolute yet relative, etc. So, there's these kind of polarities or, or things that may seem to be contradictions within understanding what is. Guru, what is the relationship with Guru, what is the position of the Guru, what is the service of the Guru, etc. So, but we'll analyze these a little bit in the context of um, trying to understand a little more clearly what is Guru Tapa. Because we need to not only understand for ourselves in our practical spiritual advance, but we need to be able to explain it to others. And we also see that in the world today there's a lot of misunderstandings about what does it mean to be a Guru, what is a Guru, what is a Guru. Kind of becoming popular again these days. Years ago, Prabhupada said accepting the Guru is not like a fashion. There's no stage, not 60s, late 60s, early 70s. It was kind of a fashion to have a Guru. Same way, not only have a hairstyle or something like that, it's fashionable. So, yes, oh, you have a Guru, I have a Guru too. So, sometimes that word comes. And sometimes we see people that don't understand what is a Guru. They, they consequently, as the expression goes, follow the Guru to hell. So that's also something to be, uh, uh, you know, needs to be understood and explained properly. So, um, this, so the, uh, so we're going to be looking at Guru Tattva and Parampara polarities in understanding of Guru Tattva from the Vaishnava perspective. She's a little uh, key guy. So I actually want to start with doing a little Try to ascertain up a little bit. The lights here, where are the lights? We might want to be turning down on and off a little bit. Great. So just, just a little bit, given kind of a sense, this isn't going to be a lecture so much, hopefully, a little bit of interaction here. Just to start with, because again, we may know all these things, but it's good to discuss them, clarify, and also be sure we can explain properly. Why is it important to accept the Guru in the first place? Most of us in the room have done it, but besides the fact, besides the fact, I mean, I remember it actually as a new Bhakta, Bhakta Jeff, 1975, and I was told by my temple president, you're going to India and you're going to get initiated. So that's one reason you should do it. Your mother or your temple president or your husband or your father tells you to do it, but that may not be the best reason. So what, why is it important to set the Guru? What are some of the reasons given in the Shastra? So anybody can raise your hand yes. Connection with Krishna. Okay, connection with Krishna. 
Okay, we're going to try to write big up there and see way back there, hopefully. Okay. Is it? Okay, good. Toast for spiritual inquisitiveness. Toast for spiritual inquisitiveness. Who's thirst? <laughs> Our thirst. So what's that have to do with sending a guru, though? Okay, what's with, with, with the thirst? What's it got to do with you? Say you because the guru can quench your thirst? <laughs> you don't mean the right? <laughs> can satisfy our need? Is that what you say? Well, you said understand your point. Okay, can satisfy our need for, for, for God. Yes, sir. Uh, he can discipline us to be in the process of Christian consciousness. Okay, good. He can provide a discipline for us. Okay, we heard that this morning from Brother Sirko. It's not just hearing, but it's being trained to be qualified to hear. A very profound point he made this morning. What are some other reasons? Yes, Atma, way in the back. To have someone who, who represents the supreme authority to guide you back to the supreme destination. Okay, good. So... So a guide, can we say that? The guide, a glorified guide, an authorized guide for the supreme destination. Yes. To get contaminated with Krishna prayer. To get contaminated? Contaminated with Krishna prayer. Contaminated? I have a feeling English is not your first language. But we got the third point. Yeah. 
And through that, we can say he, he, he helps instill some faith in the process because we see that living representative. Very good. Is there a couple other hands here? Yeah. I'm pushing up. Let's go Christian out and then before I try to Okay, good. Helps us know the service So PhD is about 10 minutes on PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guess on the flip chart? Tearing off Scotch tape. Yeah, we'll just do that, okay? <laughs> yes. Christian, how can you repeat? Service attitude. Okay. He invokes with us, teaches us the service attitude. Okay, that's cool. Two things. Uh, implants the seed of devotion. Implants the seed of devotion? Yeah. Okay, good. And it eradicates seeds. That's modestation one. I think he's on the side. Eradicates Okay. Okay, helps us cleanse our hearts of sins and sinful desires. Okay. There's one really important one we're kind of missing here. Okay, good. That's one of the things that the Guru does. But the question is why? That's the question. Why do he does? Why? Why? Why do we have to approach the Guru? Because we may not know whether we are doing it right or not. Okay, good. Good. Because we don't know. We're in ignorance. We're in ignorance. Okay. What else? Yes. Okay, good. These are all good reasons. Okay, that's okay. Same, same. Good, thank you. We get two more that I'm going to throw in. Grunch? Uh, because he's realized the truth. Okay. These are all, because he hasn't realized the truth. Good, these are all good. Does Krishna have anything to do with this formula? Krishna wants it. Thank you. Did you say that, Hunter? Krishna wants it. Krishna wants it. That's pretty important, isn't it? <laughs> right? Krishna says, if you want to know me, approach the spiritual master, just try to learn the truth by approaching the by spiritual master, right? Famous verses. So that's a critically important part of it. God says, this is the way I do it. Right? If you go to train station, you can't go to the uh, chai counter and say, I'd like a ticket to come out, please. They say, no, that's over there. I said, no, no, I'd like, I like to get it. In fact, I'll, I'll tell a little joke if I can. Uh, my son, Gorman, told me this joke. He not only sings, he has some of the jokes. <laughs> you might have heard this before. The, 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 the man walks into the library. He <clears throat> says, excuse me, I like a veggie burger, fries, and a lassie. <laughs> and the person looks up at him with some kind of disbelief and says, sir, this is a library. <laughs> Contaminate your heart with Christian frame. 
secret. They provide knowledge. It's a transparent being medium. They can reveal the personal aspect. All of these things teach us a service attitude, a plant seed of devotion, cleanse our hearts. Obviously, very important. Very important for us. So, if we can take the flip chart, and maybe, do we have any sticky tech? I didn't ask that right now. Okay. There's a lot of people who use here. Okay, we'll get one. So, um, so next question, obviously is very, very important, and all of these different things, of course, nobody quoted any particular Shastra references, but they're all established in the Shastra. What is the actual um, position of such a person? What is the position of such a person who is is, is guru? Right? What is it? What 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 what? what how, how how should we see a person who is guru? We misunderstood the reasons why we have to approach a guru. Well, if we approach him as Rupert said this morning, there's a relationship there. So how do we envision? How are we meant to envision that relationship? As the servitor personality of God. Okay, good. So very important position. Okay, the guru is the servitor personality of God. Okay. Well, how else? Pat that one. Yes. Okay, as good as Krishna. Okay. It's kind of limits the field of potential high reads, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, explain to that. Krishna Pristaya or dear to Krishna? Good, he's very dear to Krishna. So as good as Krishna, the Supreme Personality, the Servitor Personality God is very dear to Krishna. What else? Yes. Representative? Good. The representative of Krishna. <coughs> okay. How else? How should we see this person who He speaks in that the truth. Okay. He speaks fixed in that yeah, as guru, because he's repeating what he's heard, right? He sees, he's, he's, it's not like representative. He's speaking, we say, speaking on behalf of Krishna. Can we say that? Okay, speaking on behalf of Krishna, the Parampara. Okay, yes. Actually, one more here. External manifestation of Super Soul. Okay, nice. The external manifestation of Super Soul. Of course, these are all different sources from Shastra and Prabhupada. So, there's a couple of things up here. Can you see that in the back? Yes. Krishna, can you read it? 
according to the deliberate opinion of all revealed scriptures, the spiritual master is not different from Krishna. Lord Krishna is the form of the spiritual master who delivers his devotees. Okay, so we go from Jitendra So the spiritual master is not different from Krishna. Okay? From Shastra, very powerful statement. Okay, what else? Um, who else like to read? Anybody? Yes. Saksha Dharitvena Samasta Shastrahe. This is enjoined in every scripture. Acharyam Maam Vijaniya. Srimad Bhavatam Ram Kandal 17, verse 17th chapter 27. One should consider the Acharya to be as good as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In spite of all these instructions, if one considers the spiritual master and ordinary human being, one is doomed. Doomed, that's kind of a light statement, isn't it? <laughs> As opposed to like in, in, in trouble or, or that was a no-no or be careful or something like that, right? Doomed. Now that's, that's a powerful word that's chosen there. So, Obviously, you should be very careful <coughs> to not consider the spiritual master in order to human beings. Some other references here. What are we A postman may deliver us a hundred dollars, but we do not consider that the postman is giving us a hundred dollars. The money is sent by a friend, and it is simply the postman's business to hand it over as it is, without taking anything or adding anything to it. That's the rest of the same His profession is that he delivers the hundred dollars as it is sent by one's friend. There is a perfection. The postman may be imperfect in so many ways, but when he does his business perfectly, he's perfect. From Prabhupada's Yasputu address in seventy-two. So kind of like the first polarity or, or complexity to understand that um, The spiritual master is, is as good as Krishna, he's dear to Krishna, he's representative of Krishna, he's speaking on behalf of Krishna, probably would oftentimes say he's like an ambassador. It's like an ambassador, just like in today's world there's so much tension. If an ambassador from one country goes and visits another country, then it's very important that they treat that ambassador as good as the president or the prime minister. It's not because they go, they're just an ambassador. He represents the country in the sense he's, he or she's non-different from the country. And sometimes if they, if they offend the ambassador of a particular country, uh, sometimes that would end up in, in war because you're not respecting this person properly. So that's, you know, the do mind is it's, it's very, very serious if one understands the position. And interestingly, because there are some traditions that teach the Guru is God. That's not our Vaishnava philosophy. Our Vaishnava philosophy, the Guru is as good as God. Why is the Guru as good as God? Because what? Because why is he as good as God? He delivers Krishna's message as it is. Yeah, delivers the message as it is. What else? It's one in purpose with Krishna. Good. Go back to that. One in purpose. Has the same purpose as Krishna. Good. 
representing Krishna, has the same purpose as Krishna. Okay, good. So in that sense, the Guru is not different from Krishna. But we know in the early days of Prabhupada's preaching in the West, at a certain time there were some disciples that weren't very mature, started misunderstanding things a little bit, became a little influenced by modern philosophy. And they started preaching that actually Prabhupada is God. And Prabhupada immediately expelled them and sent a message to all of his temples and said, don't let any of them come to the temples. They become contaminated. Don't let them preach. Don't let them teach. This is, this is, they become infected by my body philosophy. So, paradox one. Guru is as good as God, but we have to make sure we don't be confused and think that the Guru is God. Okay? Um, now, look a little bit about um, the relationship um, between the disciple and the spiritual master, and how does the how does the uh, guru see himself? Okay, let me read that one for The relationship of a disciple with his spiritual master is as good as his relationship with the supreme lord. A spiritual master always represents himself as the humblest servitor of the personality of Godhead. But the disciple must look upon him as the manifested representation of Godhead. Okay, so the disciple, as we noted here, sees the Guru as good as Krishna, dear to Krishna, as the, the, the perfect representative of Krishna. But the bona fide Guru doesn't see himself like that. The bona fide Guru sees himself as the servant of his spiritual master and he sees himself as the humble promises, the humblest servitor of the personality of God. That's the Guru's qualification because he's fixed in being a servant therefore he can train others how to be a servant. So that's a bit of a paradox again to try to understand as far as Guru Dhaka within the Vaishnava tradition is that we understand you know this in future generations. The fact is our, our movement is a preaching movement. Prabhupada didn't just want one acharya or one guru carrying on the system. He wanted thousands of them, hundreds, hundreds and thousands of gurus. So some of us in the room here now may be very humble servants. If we really realize that we're humble servants, then we may be qualified to accept disciples in the future. Because right now we're kind of mixing sixes diction. We'll talk about that in the future. And definitely, we know in future generations, you know, there, there will be a time, maybe even now, some of the little children running around may in the future be gurus in the future. Some children yet unborn of devotees here may be gurus. Some people that we meet on the street tomorrow at college may become a guru in the future. So they're always the servant of Krishna. Uh, but when one, if one takes on the service of spiritual master, then those who are studying see that person as the representative of Krishna. And they are the representative of Krishna. And they are as good as Krishna because they're delivering the message of Krishna. And it's interesting, this, this example, there's some other quotes in, in the disciple course. I took some of this material from the disciple course. Where Prabhupada, Prabhupada uses the word uh, peon. He says, like a peon delivers a message, or like a postman delivers a message. But, so that's, you know, as, as a teacher, as a guru, sees himself in a very humble way. But as disciples, we need to be very, very careful to always see the spiritual master as good as Krishna, as very dear to Krishna, and then we're simply the servant of the servant, serving the whole parampara through 
through our spiritual master. So it's, it's a little bit of, of uh, again, a polarity for us to understand, to see how. Because someone might think, well, you know, the spiritual master is as good as God, but why is he bowed down when he comes in the temple? <laughs> or there's a very famous exchange with Jayalita Swami, and that's a famous but very important exchange. I'm just paraphrasing here where Jayalita uh, Swami is asking, probably we understand that this spiritual master is perfect. How do we understand it? Because sometimes um, the pure devotee, he uses the term the pure devotee, sometimes the pure devotee quotes the wrong verse or doesn't remember where his glasses are. <laughs> so, you know, when I think about that, I think I'm so grateful that I joined the Swami's courage <laughs> to ask that question. I would think if I asked a question like that, it's like, you know, the doors of Kumbi Paka were open. <laughs> I would just disappear through the floor never to be seen again <laughs> from many, many humans. But, you know, Marge is very, being very intelligent. He asked him that question. and probably said, no, no, it's not like that. Again, I'm just paraphrasing. It's important. Well, maybe we can look at it later and share it with you. The probably said, it's not like that. His perfection is that he does everything for Krishna. That's his perfection. That's his purity. That everything he does, he does for Krishna. Because, you know, we might misunderstand, okay, the Guru is as good as God, but then, you know, the Guru, again, maybe forgets where he put his glasses. Or, or might ask us, you know, what's that verse? Or, you know, this sees the disciples and, you know, hard whole Vishnu and stuff, Guru on Krishna. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's the like, well, how can he be as good as God? Because God forgot my name. You know, it can lead to confusion. So, 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 you know, very, 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 very important uh, point that um, the spiritual master is, is, is perfection is in his dedication to his, uh, his spiritual master. So, here's this paradox. The guru is as good as God, yet he sees himself as a humble servant. You know, this is very different from the material world. You say, you know, the CEO is a very powerful man. He sees himself as a very powerful man, isn't it? President of the United States has so much power, he sees himself as having so much power, etc. So you can you know, fill in the blank on what different powerful positions might have habit. The guru always sees himself as a humble servant. Okay? So, another quote here. Um, somebody, one of the ladies that has a loud voice, want to read that? Okay, can you see? Generally, the spiritual master comes from the group of such eternal associates of the Lord. But anyone who follows the principles of such ever-liberated persons is as good as one in the above-mentioned group. Okay, that was a little complex. I'm going to reread that. She did it nice and loud, but I'm going to read it again so we can think about something. Generally, the spiritual master comes from the group of such eternal associates of the Lord, generally. But anyone who follows the principles of such ever-liberated persons is as good as one in the above-mentioned group. Okay, the, the GBC, uh, there was a state released in March of last year <clears throat> that discussed this point, um, specifically understanding Prabhupada's preeminent position as the Siksha Guru, as the preeminent Siksha Guru for all of this kind. And also in that same statement pointed out in reference to this quote and perhaps Probably I said this in a couple places, um, that that 
a guru in this time may not be liberated, but as Prabhupada has explained, can still liberate us. So here's the second act of the book. A person who is a liberated acharya and guru cannot commit any mistake, but there are persons who are less qualified or not liberated, but still can act as guru and acharya by strictly following the disciplic succession. Okay. Persons who are less qualified or not liberated, but still can act as guru and acharya by strictly following the disciplic succession. So very, very important point. Um, that to understand again the paradox that the Guru can guide us to the Supreme Lord because he is following and perfectly representing, repeating only what he's heard from his Guru and from the Parampara. So he can bring us to the Supreme Liberated even if he is not liberated. A little difficult to understand, it's a little bit of a paradox here. This is the statement of the Shastras, statement of our Acharyas. Why is that potency there? Why is it, why is it possible? What is it that makes it work? The spiritual master is following his spiritual master. Yes. Following the instructions given by Yes. Yes, spiritual master because he's following his spiritual master, because he's repeating what he's heard from his spiritual master. And what's the example that Prabhupada gives to show how that works? We just read it here a couple of minutes ago. I was thinking of the electrician, but Okay. Okay, give that one, we'll go back to that one. The expert electrician uh, and the apprentice. So when the apprentice follow exactly what the expert uh, has taught him, then he's, from the view of everybody, an expert. Okay, okay, good. So long as he follows what he's been taught, then he can have the same effect. What was the example we saw here? The quote just a couple minutes ago? The postman, right? If the postman doesn't change it, then the letter comes perfectly intact. So that's that's the potency that's there. So here's another interesting point. We're going to talk about this quite a bit this morning. Guru is one. That's a, that's a very deep letter, or Vyasa Puja, that Prabhupada wrote at that time. Very interesting. So the Guru is one. Let's see what Prabhupada said. Um, what are we reading? The Guru is offered first the respectful prayers, Vande Guru, and Guru, Bahuvachana, plural number, that many Gurus. But they are not many, they are one, Guru Tattva. Okay, so the lecture sheet in time, charge to read that. Okay, so, what do you see here? So there are many gurus, but they're not many. They're one. Sounds like Zen. There are many, but they're one. <laughs> so what does that mean, there are many, but they're one? Are there different types of gurus? That's the question. Is there only one type of guru, or is there types of gurus? And again, this is something most of us are very familiar with, but we need to have explained it to others also. So what are some of the different types of gurus? Okay, what is that? One who gives, uh, introduces one to the path of devotional service. Okay, great. Okay, good. Charles first shows us the way. Anybody have any interesting stories about the one that first showed you the way? Can you think about it? 
We all generally have one or two people. You do? Yeah. Okay. Is it, is it short? Can I give us a short version? Okay. It's not a contaminated story. <laughs> And their grandmother lived with them. Okay. And the, the grandmother was, uh, you know, majority of Poland, Polish people are Catholics. Yeah. <clears throat> so she was elderly woman and spending most of the day in church. So friend, my friends were kind of joke about her and so on. And <clears throat> one day she called me to the kitchen and she told me, that if I have a few minutes, for example, riding a bus to school, to the college, that I should say prayers. Praise says, can you hear me? To do prayers, you know, mm -hmm. the short Christian prayers. And actually, I started, started doing you know, since then. So before I was, and from that moment on, wherever I was on, on the bus or driving car, Whenever I had a few minutes, I would say that. So I believe that she was the first one who invoked mm -hmm. the interest and kind of the habit of saying it. Mm -hmm. Very nice. We have a simple story like that. We all have one or two, I think. Anybody else want to share a story? Somebody at first kind of pointed out the way. Oftentimes it's a couple of people. You want to say? Oh, you. He's, he's looking all around. You were smiling. I thought you were thinking of a story. Actually, I meant him. He just keeps looking at everybody around. That's a good technique. That worked really well. Then I started, you know, a few to come in. 
So he would come in just kind of out of cultural interest in the temple, but he really showed you the way by inviting you to go more deeper in your Christian consciousness. Nice. Good. And you were just somebody's grandmother since I was praying. Yeah. So, the one that first, one more story? One of the ladies have a story I'd like to share? Some friend or relative or someone that set you on the path to spiritual life? Here, let's say it right here. I used to go to yoga classes and be teacher is is a, a, a devotee and he invited me for the Sunday feast and I just I went and there was some devotees there there is one in particular her name is Manati Ganga and she invited me to dance and after that you know I was really you know I like dancing so I was there and I danced and, and then after after the over, we went to another uh, devotee's house, and you know, we were just talking, they were explaining, and then immediately they gave me a job, and, 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 and they showed me how to how to pray, and that was it. You know, I started coming every you know, every time I could, Sunday for sure, and that's how, you know, how I got So you had a few, the, the first person, the yoga teacher, you were just going to yoga class, and yeah. they said, no, no, come.
way back, as long as we're in this material world, the change of gurus is there with us and, and, and trying to guide us. And it's described, when we become sincere in a spiritual inquiry, then what happens? How does the change of guru help us then? When we start really wanting God or we have a little spiritual desire, what does he, how does he help us then? Guides us where? Guides us to the external manifestation of the spiritual master, right? So there's the six-year guru who gives us instruction and guidance. <coughs> Raise your hand if you have a six-year guru. Raise your hand if you have more than one six-year guru. Raise your hand if you have 20 or more six-year gurus. <laughs> How many six-year gurus can you have? Unlimited, right? Unlimited. <clears throat> when we think about it, sometimes, of course, in this kind of, we also have this concept of kind of like a formal six-year guru. There are some devotees that have that formal relationship with a six-year guru. But within our society, there's so many six-year gurus. Um, this idea like Bart Mukherjee and Sixer. What, what, what's the famous story we have of the late, later to be very famous spiritual teacher who accredited his spiritual life to an instruction given by a not very elevated soul? <laughs> yeah. What, what's the story? She, he was, we don't have to give a little detail. Then it, it's a colorful story. She was, what was her profession? Banker, lawyer, professor? <laughs> yes, as they say, a woman of ill repute. But as we know, the story goes, he was so attached to her, and he wanted to go see her this one night. It was a big storm. He almost died on the way getting to, the, getting to see her. I've heard varieties of the story anywhere from a storm to grabbing hold of an alligator in the river and pumping. But either way, it was a, a, a harrowing experience. And then at first she can't even believe he's there because who would come out this time of night? And then she says, if you were just as attached to Krishna as you are to me, and because of that whole experience of being such a, a shock and a trauma, and he almost died, except for then it penetrated. That what am I doing? And then he and he considered her chintamani. He considered her one of his gurus, right? Because she had shown him the path, and he honored her. He was, you know. Her name is remembered because in some of his songs and things and things that he wrote, he remembered her. So we, we know about her. He didn't have to tell anybody that story. And his humility he did to show us the importance of spiritual instruction and manifest his own humility. So the Sikshya Guru gives instruction and guidance. We have many Sikshya Gurus. All of you in this room, you are Sikshya Gurus for so many people. When somebody first comes to the temple and just says, you know, what's the schedule? And we say, you know, the art takes in half an hour and thanks for coming. You're, you're, you're inspiring them, you're teaching them, you're encouraging them. I can remember when I first went to the Denver Temple, um, one of the things that really impressed me, this place was special. Um, I sat down on the floor of the Prashadam in the basement of the temple and a boy named Arthur Prabhu came up and sat down next to me and started to tell me how this food is non different from God. You're, you know, you know defining prashana, right? It's non different from Krishna, this is sanctified food. And yeah, I was thinking that it tastes good, but this is this is pretty interesting that just you know just by eating it you become purified. 
Well, that's pretty amazing. So then um, he talked to me as a, you know, giving me instructions for quite a while. And then, and then when I was done, I went into the bathroom to wash my hands, and there was a devotee named Yogi Purusha, who was a very young devotee. He's a 16-year-old African-American devotee, big muscular guy, big smile, very friendly guy with this, like, orange gumption. I've never seen a gumption before. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody on their hands and knees cleaning the floor in the bathroom before. And he proceeded to tell me that cleaning the bathroom was pure devotional service. <laughs> and just by cleaning the bathroom, you make spiritual advancement. And I remember thinking, this place is really too much. <laughs> you know, the food purifies you, cleaning the bathroom purifies you. I, I gotta check this out a little bit more deeply. <laughs> this is different than anything I've heard before. So both of those people, they were they were six gurus. They were giving instruction, they were giving guidance. Of course, sometimes that becomes more regular. Someone is like, you know, a lot of boys they need home programs. They're, they're being six gurus. So those people that are coming to our temple president, definitely is a six guru or the bhakti leader. They're all six guru. So then diksha guru, a little more, gives also gives instructions, initiates and officiates and makes makes the official connection with us to the Prampara, to the Guru Prampara, gives the spiritual name to us, accepts our vows on behalf of Krishna, right? and then removes the sinful reactions, you know, ultimately on behalf of Krishna, that as Krishna's representative, the process of initiation takes away those sins and they're taken by Krishna. So, different types of gurus it's interesting, in some places, uh, Prabhupada even talks about uh, the mother and father being gurus. They're also gurus. And of course, as Vaishnavas, those of us that are parents, we would hope to be uh, spiritually inspiring uh, gurus, and not just gurus as most parents are, just inspiring their children and be enthusiastic about materialistic life, but to take shelter of Krishna. So there's different types of gurus. Um, here's an interesting uh, uh, quote about the importance of Diksha. Um, somebody want to read that? Pashyumim avapnoti Diksha virajito janaha Unless one is initiated by a bona fide spiritual master, all his devotional activities are useless. A person who is not properly initiated can descend again into the animal species. Okay, the importance of taking shelter of the spiritual master. There's one reference, uh, Srila Prabhupada was asked one time, at what point do you achieve the mercy of the spiritual master? You know, is it first initiation? Is it second initiation? Sannyasa initiation? You know, is it... Uh, you know, when you become a sannyasi, or you know, when 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 you become a temple friend, you know, when is it you receive when when did you receive the mercy of the spiritual master? Anybody know what proper responded to that I heard the buzzword. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? When you start taking shiksha, Yes, when when you when you begin to follow the instructions, that's the point you begin you receive the mercy of the spiritual master. So that's the emphasis from the Buddha, following the instructions. Sometimes there's a tendency to think that if I get initiated, I get a spiritual name, <clears throat> now it's okay. 
right? I'm all set. In fact, I, I can remember, I hope this doesn't go on these days, but maybe it does some places or some. It's harder to measure in the congregation, but in the early years, there wasn't so much of a congregation. Almost everyone that got initiated was living in the temple. And I can remember at least a couple situations where devotees got initiated. This is in the mid-70s. And, you know, they, they had to stick around for at least six months. But then they get initiated, and then six days later, they were gone. It was always kind of a surprise. Like, well, you know, apparently they thought, if I can just get this, you know, name, or then I'm okay, or something like that, that they would, they would, they would lose soon after. In fact, I can remember one time, I don't know if this person was initiated or not, but standing in the, in Brahmacharya Ashram, kind of like here, a little bit, Bottom of the staircase, there's a shower in the mirror, and you put your tea like on, and all of a sudden, from upstairs in the attic, you heard this. And then down the stairs. And then I'm looking in the mirror, what's that? And then behind me. And then the door flung open. And all the brahmacharis and the gumptures, you know, we went outside, we kind of like leaned out the door and looked down the street. And he just ran off in the distance. We never saw him again. <laughs> Very strange situation. I have no idea what was going on in his mind, but something didn't work that day. So, so the idea is initiation. What does the word initiate mean? It means full stop, right? You say now I'm initiated full stop. No need to start. So so and, and to start what? What do we start? Starting to be proud because I have a name. <laughs> We're starting to be proud because you have a two pice of thread. Right now I'm, I'm special because I have a two pice of thread. No. That we start to follow the orders. That's your point, right? We get the mercy from the spiritual master, not so much by the name, not even so much by the by the ritual of initiation, but that we follow the instructions. You know, we have a particular process of initiation. The prophet himself didn't always follow that. Uh, there's probably several examples. There's one I know for sure, the Shrinananda Prabhu in Los Angeles. Um, his mother was a, a very kind of prominent businesswoman in Los Angeles. She wasn't happy that her son was becoming a Christian devotee, was living in the temple. And if any of you know the Shrinananda Prabhu, very talented artist, he did a lot of his kind of videos, original TV videos years ago. And, he was a professional a producer at some stage of his career <clears throat> outside of this time too. A very capable person, also very strong-willed. You might say stubborn personality. I never met his mother, but you know they say sons take after mothers, so I could understand his mother must have been very strong-willed. So she wasn't happy that her son was devoted. She was making her opinions being heard through various avenues of, I don't know, the media or, you know, important people in the city. So she was creating quite a wave. And the devotees told the Srinivasa that he should move out of the, you know, it might be best if he wasn't there. So he went to see Prabhupada. Prabhupada told me you need to go home and stay with your mother. You know, let her understand there's no problem. You're okay, you're healthy. But he said, Prabhupada, I'm not initiated. And Prabhupada I had someone bring a set of beats, and he handed the beats, he said, your name is <laughs> So he initially said, now, now go home to your mother. <laughs> Which he did, by Krishna's grace and Prabhupada's grace, he never lost the connection. You know, you could say, wait, he didn't 
said in front of a fire. And I, it may be, I, I, as I told the story, I don't, know if he, I don't think he ever did. I have to research that. As far as I know, he never did. Do you know where the ministry was? I don't think there was ever. Sure not, I think that was initiation. Probably gave the beats there, and I don't think there was a fire somewhere later. Yeah, I don't think so. So that was, but either way, that was the connection. So, again, initiation needs to begin. That's, that's the critical point here, as far as Diksha. Now, Siksha, a little bit more about Siksha. A devotee must have only one initiated spiritual master, because in the scriptures, acceptance of more than one is always forbidden. There is no limit, however, to the number of instructing spiritual masters one may accept. Generally, a spiritual master who constantly instructs a disciple in spiritual science becomes his initiated spiritual master. Later on, so one initiating spiritual master, many many sixer, many many sixer gurus. Um, someone want to read this verse? She wants you to do it. Go ahead. Well, she's the one we all have to participate. <laughs> Okay. Which means I consider the numerous instruction instructing spiritual masters, Siksha Gurus, to be as important, for they are they show unlimitedly more mercy by training the neophyte devotees in all the essential aspects of practical <coughs> devotional service. Okay. Important point for us in our Christian consciousness movement that um, Sometimes there's a tendency to simplify things and to put all the emphasis on the Diksha Guru, but as we've understood, there's different Gurus. Ultimately, Chaita Guru, the, the, the Diksha Guru, the Siksha Guru are manifestations of the Chaita Guru, um, but they all are acting in this position of representing Krishna, speaking on behalf of Krishna, helping deliver to Krishna. So, the important point of the Bhaktivinoda that uh, he says that Siksha Guru is as important because they're, they're training us. And sometimes we've seen this in, 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 uh, in our Islam society, and with something we want to try to, to rectify now and in the future, that some, in some places there may be someone who's living in a community and they're cared for by, say, a bhakti leader or a congregational development director, someone has a bhakti virtual program, and then they, you know, the temple president takes care of them, some of the senior ladies take care of them, some of the senior men take care of them, help them in so many phases. And then they get initiated. Sometimes devotees think that out of loyalty to my Diksha Guru, I'm now supposed to minimize or cut off or decrease those other relationships. But actually it should be just the opposite. Because when I'm accepting a formal initiation with a Diksha Guru, I'm formalizing my relationship with Krishna, my relationship with the Parampara, and that extent I'm formalizing my relationship with all the other Vaishnavas. So why would my relationship decrease? And that's something that, uh, again, who's, who's, who's taking the disciple course here? Raise your hand, yeah. Okay, about 10 years or so. So that's, a, that's something that's emphasized there, the importance of, of even trying to understand how to work with uh, multiple authorities within this kind of society and appreciating all the different manifestations of the Guru. So, here's another reference in Prabhupada. The Guru is one. What do you have, The Guru is one. 
The Guru is one because he comes in desertive succession. What Vasudeva and Krishna taught 5000 years ago is also being taught now. There is no difference between the two instructions. Although hundreds and thousands of acharyas have come and gone, the message is one. The real Guru cannot be two. For the real Guru does not speak differently from his predecessors. Science of Self-Realization. Okay. Now, question for everybody. We are an international society. How important is it for us to understand that Guru, <coughs> although one, comes in many? Is that have any particular significance for us in the international side for Krishna consciousness. Guru, you want to share some thoughts on that? Well, I was agreeing with you, but this is very important. Yes. Explain why you're agreeing with me, other than the fact that you're the most intelligent man in the room. Why else are you agreeing with me? Yeah, 
Um, so when Prabhupada was here, there is for every for all the devotees in this time, he was the only guru. When Prabhupada was here, he was the only guru for all the devotees in this time. Okay. So now, now there's uh, devotees in this time. Uh, we're not already initiated by Prabhupada, but initiated by various spiritual masters who are Prabhupada's disciples. So if, uh, if devotees don't understand that point, if devotees don't understand that point, then we won't have this body. We'll just have many movements uh, that are apparently united but not really. Yeah, now that sounds really far fetched. There's no examples of that in history, is there? <laughs> yeah, one generation back. Again, the minister for those excellent classes point. One generation back, there were different ideas. He should be guru, he should be guru. We all should follow him. We all should follow him, and the whole thing broke apart. So unity with this kind. How important is unity? Prophet gave one of his, one of his many instructions, but an important instruction to the GBC. He said every year. All the GBC members should go and meet in Mayapur and discuss this one thing. You know what it is? Unity. She's heard the mantra. Unity in diversity. Probably said the GBC members, they should go and discuss that topic. Unity in diversity. So in the same way, um, there's a tendency. Why, why would we want to think that really there's only one real guru? Or really, there's only one best guru. Or really, there's only one special guru. Why, why would we want to? Why might we think like that? Yes, guru. Because we think we are special, so my guru. Yeah, I'm special. I'm best. I'm the. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just like it, it's kind of a, you know, it's another manifestation of a false ego, isn't it? America's number one, yeah, but American. <laughs> or, you know, whatever, go Tigers, go Bengals, go, go Bears, or something like that. You know, is when our team wins, we feel we're special. Right? I live in Washington, D.C., and, you know, the election cycles, half the city is elated, the other half is depressed. <laughs> and with, with the flow of with, with that, with that concept. So something we have to be, we have to be careful of. It can become a manifestation of, of Ego. And if we're actually understanding, now I'm connected to the parampara. What does it mean when I understand, okay, I'm connected to the parampara, I have a guru and he has a guru. What's the essence of that connection? What, what's my realization meant to be? First and foremost, what should I now understand? I'm the servant. So if I'm the servant, does that mean I'm the servant of these but not the servants of those? I'll serve this guru but not that guru? Excuse me, but before I serve you, Prashad, <laughs> who are you initiated by? <laughs> <laughs> and actually, you know, it sounds as it's, it's, we laugh, but we hear things that in certain places is sometimes manifest in, in this kind where, you know, I'm the disciple of Vishnu Swami, I'm just pulling a name up. I'm the Swami, I'm the disciple of Vishnu Swami, and I'm the temple president, or I'm the head of the women's sanctum party. And obviously, you know, the new band's going to go to my god sisters or my god brothers. Why? Well, because, you know, we have a special rest. You know, these, these things are possible. 
And that's the beginning of what Atmapur was saying. You know, that's what uh, can lead to, to, to lack of unity and, and the end of so many problems. So it's very important for us to understand some of these polarities as far as the position of the Guru. The Guru is, yes? I just have a question for Please. Um, so we're supposed to see Diksha and Shiksha Guru as equal. Um, the spiritual level, yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's probably a discrepancy if you hear discrepancy on either philosophical points or maybe, I mean, an instruction maybe. Uh, you're supposed to decide, you're supposed to choose between which one connects with you better. Or... Yeah. Well, <laughs> any instruction we get, we should accept blindly from anyone, right? <laughs> That's what it means to be a devotee, right? You check your intelligence at the door. I have some friends in the anti-cult movement, sometimes they think like that. So you check your intelligence at the door. And whatever Newton says, because he's sitting behind the stage today, you should do it. Right? Is that it? So anything that we learn, what, what should we have? Should we, is there any kind of system for us? Well, yeah, we, we should hold it up to the light of the scriptures. Okay. Shastra. Right? So that's always it. But why do we accept some of the spiritual master? Another thing, those who took the disciple course, right? What are we talking about? Sometimes devotees may think, well, you know, I think we do skits. In the in-class version of devotees do skits about to show ways that aren't appropriate in the selection of the spiritual master. Well, I, I'm going to get initiated by soul, so why does he seem really nice? You know, I want to get initiated by soul, so why? Well, because he has so many disciples. There are like so many of us, it's like amazing how many of us are. So that's, that's what, what, what's, what's, what's the essential qualification and motivation that we should accept the spiritual master? The transparent. Transparent medium, right? They engage us in Christian service, it's an example uh, of what it means to be devoting, that they're strictly committed to their own spiritual master. That's first and foremost. The bona fide spiritual master is fixed as being a servant of his own spiritual master. And he doesn't say anything different from that. And you know, even we know Shiva Prabhupada, there are examples of Prabhupada. There's one story, Prabhupada was in the, it was at, at, at the Jodhya uh, Moth um, mission in, in, in Mayapur, and there was a, a snake. You know, a snake in India doesn't mean like here, snakes like, you know, pick it up, isn't it cute? <laughs> so, uh, snake and Hindi means run for your life. Right? And we, we have a little Washington D.C. we have this creek. And I remember one so the creek there's snakes in the creek. One day, one of the boys had recently moved from, from India, and he was like at the bottom of the hill, those who know the D.C. temple, the bottom of the hill by the creek, like running, snake! <laughs> so a situation like that, and, there was a snake, and all the boys were frozen. They weren't sure what to do. And, and she, I think it was actually near Prabhupada. I think Prabhupada might even have been in danger himself. And Shudabhakta Sanatana Saraswati Thakur came out of the red and said, Kill it. He yelled out, Kill it. So they immediately killed the snake. And Prabhupada said later, he recorded this, he said, I had some doubt. How was the Guru Maharaj wanted to kill the snake? So prophecy, he had some doubt. How does he want to kill the snake? And later he read this verse in the Bhagavatam that he was saying, the person is pleased 
when a snake or an envious person is you know, controlled. So, yeah, I paraphrase <laughs> Snake is killed, envious person, I'm not sure. But so, you know, our prophet himself said he had some doubt about this. So he was questioning, trying to understand that more deeply. So, you know, we're meant to use our intelligence given to us by Christians to accept and to study, just like I described it. The disciples should study before accepting the spiritual master. The spiritual master studies the disciple. Now, it's explained that once you accept the spiritual master, you know, then you have to, you have to submit, you have to accept that. And at the same time, it doesn't mean one gives up one's intelligence. Okay? Because we're always understanding. Guru is representing Shastra, Guru is representing Sadhus. Okay? So we have just a, just a, a few minutes left here. I wanted to just uh, discuss a little bit. Um, we see it, and it happens sometimes. What if um, we read earlier the Guru's perfection is that he represents Krishna, he, he's the guide, um, he's, he's connecting us to Krishna, he's, he's uh, engaging us in the service of Krishna. What problems might happen? If we misunderstand what it means that the spiritual master's perfection, you know, we talk about, about the, the spiritual master is as good as God. If we don't understand that properly, what what problems might happen? I want to discuss this because some of these things have happened in our society. What what possibly could happen? We don't receive the mercy completely. Okay. If we have an improper understanding, that might block. Okay. Okay. What else? I think from, from, from the other side of the too. I can commit offenses. Okay, we commit offenses if we're not appreciating the spiritual master's position. Very good. This yeah. is we are doomed. We are doomed. He says with a smile, he likes it. <laughs> yeah. So we have to be very, very careful in, in our relationship with the spiritual master and the service attitude towards the spiritual master. I'm going to talk one of my sessions, I think, tomorrow about how do we balance service to the body, Bible, and the mission. Um, what are some of the other problems that can arise if we don't, if we misunderstand what it means, if we misunderstand that the perfection of the Guru is in representing his Guru? If we, what, can under, what can go wrong if we misunderstand that? Minimize the position of the spiritual master. Okay, we might minimize the position of the spiritual master. Okay, so along the lines we can defend, we can we can stop the mercy. What else? We think the spiritual master is independent, so we think we can also become independent. Okay, good. We might we might misunderstand and think that the spiritual master is independent, so that I can also be independent. We we forget that has his perfection is that he's dependent as a servant of this spiritual master. Okay, good. Um, what happens if I'm thinking, yeah? If he stops representing Krishna, then we should realize that he's not the spiritual master and more in that position. Okay, yeah, let's get into the other side. Good, let's, let's look at it. Thank you from, from this side. What if I'm thinking the spiritual master's perfection, he is as good as God. I get a little confused about that. And I see maybe something like Maybe he, he forgets where his glasses are or something like that. What could happen if I don't understand in a, in a practical way what his perfection is? What might happen? You said offenses. What else might happen? We might 
not perfect. He doesn't know what he's saying. Okay, good. We might minimize his instructions. Might we also um, think that, well, he quoted a verse wrong, therefore, maybe he's not bona fide, he's not perfect because he quoted a verse wrong, and maybe I need to go find somebody else who is more clearly perfect. Right? Because I'm misunderstanding what his perfection is. His perfection is that he's not deviating from the instructions of his spiritual master. He's fixed in serving the spiritual master. He's transparent in presenting that. So, Mr. Super, we want to add a comment? Yeah, sometimes people get an anxiety about that. We have one blood uh, sister. I remember in a room, there's a noise outside. Problem said, What's that noise? Go see what that noise is. And then later she was like, oh, wasn't that a wonderful pastime? Because the idea that Prabhupada actually didn't know what it was uh, really bothered her. So she, her, her thing that she needed reassuring the other Prabhupada actually, as good as God, he knew what the noise was and is just doing this to get, you know, and I've seen other people like that talk about, what is that verse? I can, and somebody said, yeah, that's the verse. Oh, that's a pastime. I just can't think that. that uh, it, 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 to me, it shows that actually a kind of lack of faith. Uh, uh, and that uh, there's a kind of underlying anxiety there. So, so you'll see it that way too sometimes. So the properly placed faith would be, what, can you just explain that? Yeah. Properly based faith in the rule means we have faith that yeah, what? But it represents his own spiritual master. He teaches Krishna consciousness, but it doesn't mean, when it says as good as God, he's like God in that, you know, he's omniscient, omnipotent, omnipotent, and so on. See, sometimes people have anxiety, and, and uh, uh, and they're not dealing with their anxieties, and so instead of becoming proper disciples, they become like clinging vines, you know, and the idea that I have a great spiritual master is my substitute for actually making advancement in Krishna consciousness. <coughs> That's the kind of thing that can happen in this case. Thank you. And then one final uh, point that can come out of this. What is the expertise of the spiritual master? What is the spiritual master's expertise? Taking shelter of the spiritual master, or seeking guidance and instruction from the spiritual master. What is his expertise? He can remove any doubts. He can remove doubts. He gives the spiritual knowledge and the doubts. What else? Engages us in Christian service. He's the perfect servant. He's representing Krishna by being the perfect servant, showing us what it means to be a servant. Delivering the message as it is. One more. Engaging as an appropriate service. Engaging as appropriate service. Good. How about the stock market? <laughs> is he expert in the stock market? Does he need to be expert in the stock market? Should you expect him to be expert in the stock market? Should you ask him where to invest your stocks? No, that's not his field of expertise. Right? If is he necessarily... Does the guru necessarily um, know how to get your car fixed? 
Is that his expertise? No, it's his expertise. He knows Krishna. He knows how to give us Krishna. He can explain Krishna gauges and service. Sometimes the devotees they kind of think, okay, again, he's as good as God. So, um, you know, please tell me. I mean, we, I, this, this is everything, especially like in Indian culture. Sometimes I see it when I, when I visit it, and there's kind of a tendency to approach a spiritual authority and say, tell me what to do. You know, and it's easy. You counsel someone like that, say, well, what do you think you should do? I don't know, you tell me what to do. You know, that's, you know, how do we get my car fixed? Well, that's not in the Bible time. The second I'm like in Chalpat and some of the communities in India, they have, you know, like, say, for instance, uh, somebody wants to change ashram. They have uh, communities of senior grasses that help one understand what, you know, what do I need in terms of my ashram and, you know, who might be a suitable candidate and how to guide me those things. It's not necessarily the expertise of a guru. Guru doesn't mean marriage counseling. They may have great wisdom to bring it from their Krishna conscious perspective. It doesn't mean that uh, that's their expertise or the finances their expertise or, you know, which side of the street you should build your house. That's not their expertise. And if we think like that, uh, we will be disappointed and we're expecting unfair and inappropriate things. And sometimes it can lead, in extreme form, it can lead to, like, uh, rhythmicism. Okay, nobody is just, no, you know, they, they even had an inflated concept of, of a Prabhupada, as Ravina Sutra was saying, Prabhupada, it wasn't like you could hear everything outside the door. That's not, that's not what it means, that's not the Prabhupada's position. So people think, well, okay, there's nobody so perfect, I have to go directly to the Prabhupada, who, in their own mind, again, even does understand Prabhupada's position. Prabhupada said his, his qualification was that he was the representative of the spiritual master. So that's the essential point. Okay, so people are out of time. Thank you very much, and we'll have some more sessions later on. I think Kirtan or something is. We just had breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Those two ladies were cooking a lot this morning. <laughs> okay, all right, thank you very much. Shiva Prabhupada, Kiji.